0: Hello again and welcome to another episode of Real Talk with RJ. If this is your first time listening, please don't forget to like and subscribe and follow so you know exactly when we release brand new episodes. Also, don't forget to share. If you like what you hear today, please share it with everyone you know. The focus of this episode is going to be on the real danger of being toxic. Are you toxic? How do you know? We hear so much about toxic masculinity but there's whispers also of toxic femininity that's one level of toxicity that's actually going out the window a lot of people aren't addressing it but it does just because people don't address it doesn't mean it's not real and just because people address it a lot doesn't mean it's actually real people address lots of fake ideologies that uh that are not true like let's take the George Floyd case. You know the George Floyd case was uh, the man who was uh, killed on you know on on camera um, by a police officer. I believe it was in Massachusetts. He was killed by a man uh, by uh, by a police officer while his partner stood on and other people stood on and watched. Now people were put over there and they wanted to push the narrative that George Floyd was this innocent man and you know he was an innocent victim and everything. That's just not true. I 100% am against the way he was murdered. He was murdered, in my opinion. From what I looked at, I'm a, I'm a Marine Corps veteran, so I'm very, I'm very familiar with how to kill a person. It's just something you learn how to do in the military. So you understand how to put people out, how to kill people, you learn that stuff. You know, it's not something you're proud of, but it's a necessary part of being in, in the military. So the narrative that a lot of people try to push was that George Floyd was 100% innocent, he was a martyr, he was just this good man. And anytime someone's murdered, they often the news often wants to do this you know they want to talk to the family they want to have the best picture of them they want them to look personable they look at a person go oh my gosh look at how much of a father he was he was this and this and this they don't ever want to talk about the flaws of the person which actually might illuminate more why they were killed so am i justifying george Floyd's murder absolutely not he should not have been killed especially not by a person in uniform who was supposed to be executing the law now does it make it any better that George Floyd has a very colorful criminal past? No. The fact is, is that someone was murdered by somebody who was supposed to be executing law. There's no reason his need needed to be on there, but you know, if the fact was a bad guy was murdered on TV, it doesn't sell the same as oh, this black man who was a family man who loved, like of course they want to put black in there. And I'm black saying this, I'm, I'm calling it as I see it. That's why this show is called Real Talk with RJ. I don't believe in seeing it black, white, brown, yellow. I don't care. I see it as it is. I do my best to gather the facts that I can gather, and I address focuses as they are. And I believe that people missed the point. People want to sell a story. So by calling everything racist or homophobic or, you know, uh, doing all this social justice uh, warrior stuff, and virtue signaling and all this stuff like that, they're selling a story that is actually missing the point. The only point that mattered for the George Floyd case was that this man, while in a submissive position, he was on his stomach, this man who was in a submissive position who was not able to physically resist arrest, had a police officer's knee in his carotid artery, was stopping blood from going to his brain. That's just what it is. That is the fact that cop murdered that person. Now, everyone's focused on the cop. Why aren't anybody focused on the people around? I'm telling you right now, if I were in that audience, I know me, this isn't me just talking like, oh, if I were there, no, this is actually, I know what I would do because I've been in situations where I've had to act and I've, I've walked off jobs before because there was a car accident and I was the first person on the scene to help the, uh, the person my boss was calling me back and telling me it's time to get back to work and i'm saying i'm sorry i'm involved i can't come back and not until the uh first responders are here and they're stabilizing and they're like come on we can't have you out here you know it's insurance blah blah blah, blah. and i was like all right i quit and i continue to maintain my position there to help these people and when i got back to to actually go pack up my stuff the my boss was like don't even worry about it man you're all right i get you. i get it and i continue to work there so I'm not saying you guys should do that. I'm just saying that's me. Like, I, I don't stand around and let people bully. I don't care if it's a cop or not. I would I would have, instead of recording, just like everybody else was doing, because you find that a lot more that people are out there willing to record rather than have, uh, help somebody out. If there's a, a car that's caught on fire, you'll have a bunch of people that are going to pull their phones out and start recording. But you're not going to have really anyone who's going to be willing to jump in that car and pull people out of it. Who are going to break a window to pull people out of that car and cut a seatbelt. You're not going to have a lot of people doing that these days. People these days want to act like they're making a difference when they're really not. They want to talk about laws that need to be changed, but they don't actually go and collect signatures to go get them changed. They don't put pressure to have town hall meetings with senators who actually have authority to change those laws. They don't do that. It's too much work. It's easier to go ahead and tweet your opinion and leave it at that. It's easy to go ahead and and, and make little TikToks and videos that look like you actually care but you don't because when the George Floyd riots happened and all this stuff was stolen and, and vandalized and just looted and rioted, when people went going crazy over here in Los Angeles there were a number of TikTok and Instagram uh, models and influencers who were coming down here and pretending to pick up drills and taking pictures and then going about their merry little life in their luxury cars they didn't care they weren't over here trying to help people heal. They weren't like handing out bottles of water to people, not unless there was a camera rolling. Those people are toxic. They're pretending to care when they really don't. I can't tell you how many times I've been told that as a black man, I'm disadvantaged, that I'm a victim, that uh, that the whole system's rigged against me, that I, I have it harder, and that uh, uh, I'm just less than another person. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And you know who I heard that from? I heard that from people that I believe to be well-meaning. But they were well-meaning individuals who saw my race rather than my character. And a lot of the most racist stuff that I've ever had or heard was from my own culture. It's from my own people. Because I speak proper English, I was called Whitewash, Uncle Sam, uh, or not Uncle Sam, excuse me, Uncle Tom, an Oreo, uh, I was called a house inward. (laughs) That was my favorite. I've never been called that by anyone who was white. I've only been called that by people who were black. Those people were toxic. They've adapted a slave mentality, have no idea. They're sitting there trying to say that I'm the one who's adapted a slave mentality, but they're the ones actually trying to keep the cycle going. I'm trying to break it with education. I don't ever recall Dr. Martin Luther King or Malcolm X speaking like an ignorant idiot. I don't recall hearing them say the n-word every five seconds. They said negro, which meant black. It is the mis- mispronunciation of the Spanish word negro, which means black. That's what we were called. Our ancestors who were traded here are first called negro then by the, by the Portuguese, then called negro by, by the Spanish. And then the white settlers that were here, they started calling us negras, and then they ended up calling us the n-word. That's how the word actually evolved to what it is today. And now we got you know, a lot of people in the black community that are out there using the N-word every five seconds like it's a punctuation mark. So, oh, we can say it, they can't, we're just taking the power back. Oh, is that the same thing when women call each other the B-word? When I was raised and growing up, the B-word was the most disrespectful to even call a woman because it literally means female dog. So you're calling a woman, you're dehumanizing a sacred being, a woman a super sacred being entrusted with the godly gift of creating life and influencing life like no one else can that's why the mother is the most sacred person in the family she's so critical without a good mother the family won't well the family cannot stay strong the family will fall a good father and a good mother are critical to the strength of a family because there's balance in the way they parent you know and just a real quick brief exa- example on that is that you know a mother is more likely to coddle and protect your cubs you know if, if they get next to the pool mother's gonna be like don't go near the deep end go near the go where i can see you put your floaties on put your sunblock on and like baptize you in a whole thing of sunblock and then you know put you on the floaties and have you with in like an inner tube and you're gonna look like <laughs> you're gonna look like you're uh like you're the michelin tire guy with how many different floating devices you have on you just to make sure you won't go but your dad your dad is most likely to throw you in the deep end and tell you to swim and then come and get you and pull you out and say okay this is how you swim he's he's more likely to kind of say you know he's going to toughen you up the mother's the finesse the father is the strength but guess what the father gets his strength from the mother but his toughness is something that he's experienced so the two balance each other out. One's not more important than the other. They both work together. They complement each other. They balance each other. They're the yin to the yang. So when we're going out here and listening to this nonsense that the George Floyd thing was racially motivated, no, nah, I think it was a personal thing. It had, I don't think it had to do anything with race because your other black people in in the audience that was standing there and cussing the cops out and the cops were not sitting there and treating them any different than they were treating the white girls and. And the uh, the Latinos that were there, they treated them all the same. If it was racially motivated, they would have talked to them differently. I think the cop did not like George Floyd specifically. He didn't like him as a person, not as color. It doesn't make it any better, but it's about understanding what actually happened. If I were in that situation, I would have, I would have warned the officer, hey, you're killing him. You need to get your knee off his leg. I'm not saying... You're wrong for arresting him, but you need to move your leg. And that other cop that was in the way, his partner, I would have given him the opportunity to tell his partner to move his knee. I'm, I'm just asking that. This is the last warning I'm going to give you. If you don't move your knee, I'm going to, in, I'm going to intervene. And if the cop, if he would have drawn on me, I know what I would have had to do, and I would have drop kicked the other cop that was on George boy's neck. And if I would have been arrested, my statement to the, uh, my statement to the lawyers or to the courts would have been. I saw a public servant committing a crime. I stopped the public servant from committing the crime of murder. I was not trying to interfere with an arrest. I was trying to interfere, interfere with a murder. I guarantee, you no no jury in the state in, in the country would have uh, arrested me, especially with the news media or the news coverage that was on about that case. They would have been, oh, well, yeah, that's why right. that's right. Yeah. But I'm saying like all those people that were sitting there and recording, they're complicit in it too. Any one of them could have stopped. But they would rather record and yell at the cop rather than actually do something. They were toxic. Heroes don't think about being heroes. They just do what's right because they're in the position to do it. Every one of those citizens had an opportunity to stop that cop from murdering that person. It is the responsibility of every person and because nobody took the responsibility to protect an innocent, not an innocent life, but a life that should not have been taken, guess what happened? Tons of companies were destroyed because of riots. And guess what? The dumb thing that happens, the toxic mentality that happens with the people is that rather because they had a problem with the police department, rather than go to the police department and destroy that. What I'm not advocating for, I'm just saying it makes sense. If you have a problem with the police department, go to the police department and riot. It just makes sense. Why would you go to your own community and destroy your own community? You're gonna have to pay to rebuild that. That comes out of your taxes. You're gonna increase taxes on everything and all those people are gonna get their money back because that's just how it works. So you think you get a brand new TV? Uh, guess again, you're paying for that. It's coming out of your paycheck, it's coming out of your your welfare, your unemployment, whatever the way you make money, it's coming out of it. And if you're like, oh, I'm a hustler, you know, I make I make money selling drugs or doing whatever. Guess what? It still comes out because you got to buy groceries. It comes out of the groceries. It comes out of the, the speeding or parking tickets that you get. It comes out of all that stuff to pay back everything that needs to be repaired. But if we were to actually learn how to fight rather than being stupid and losing our heads, we can do what Dr. Martin Luther King did. And gather together in peaceful protests and actually change laws because that changed laws. That had the 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 attention of the president of the United States as well as countless other leaders in the whole world. But going there, like all the riots that they did, the Malcolm X movement, you know, as much as I respect him saying we're gonna fight back now, that was, you know, that was good to kind of push a point. Malcolm X never changed anything. His methods didn't change anything. Dr. Martin Luther King's did. Mother Teresa changed a lot. Gandhi changed a lot. Cesar Chavez changed a lot. These peaceful protests, showing people you were willing to suffer for a cause higher than yourself, those are the things that changed laws. No riot has ever changed a law in the United States. It took organization which is what the declaration of independence came from united organization not a riot that united organization allowed us to become a country with morals and standards that was back then when people actually thought for themselves where people actually had a voice and they shared their voice and it was okay for you to have an opinion now if you have an opinion and and it's not according to what everyone else thinks you're a homophobe you're You're racist, you're you're a Trump supporter, which is now tantamount to getting you fired in pretty much any job. I mean, I remember when people liked Bush and I remember when people hated Bush. People thought that Al Gore should have gotten the presidency rather than than Bush. But none of them lost their jobs for feeling that way. Now, if you have a Trump 2020 or Trump 2024 sticker on your car, you get bricks thrown at it. Because free speech doesn't last anymore unless your free speech is what everyone else wants you to say. It's interesting how that sounds a lot like North Korea. It's really interesting how that sounds a lot like other communist governments who tell you what you can and can't say. And if you don't say what they want you to say, consequences happen. It's interesting how the media keeps saying that these talking points are not communist-led, but people who actually have escaped communist countries are speaking out and saying, you guys are headed for communism. So there's why did I go on that rant it's because so many people are toxic and have no idea that they are it's it's easy like think about it let's use you uh, let's use this uh, this virus it's interesting too because actually I just recently did a, uh, I did a podcast um, recently um, and I my throat was just really drying up and I just could not figure out why it was drying up I was hydrated everything was going good. And then I took a uh, took a COVID test and um, it came out positive. I was like, oh my gosh, I have COVID. I have no, no uh, symptoms at all. How the heck did I get sick? I barely even have a runny nose. What's going on? For two days I had that virus uh, that I had, um, I was diagnosed positive. I took a test every day. The third day, negative. I said, okay, let me make sure. Next day, negative. I was like, I think it was a cold. I, because I, th- I had more the symptoms of a cold, right? Because I wasn't coughing. I think I had a cold, and the test actually gave a fault. Uh, was confused that a cold was COVID. So I wonder how many people, because you know CDC has also released information saying that uh, some of those tests could not tell the difference between whether it was the Rona or whether it was a cold. So I wonder how many of those cases of people saying, "Oh, a hundred thousand people got new cases today." I wonder how many of those cases are just colds. I wonder how many people actually died from just just corona. So I think everything is just inflated, including the prices. And the reason why is because of all these toxic influences. People make money making people afraid. When I was in Iraq, we would give soccer balls and food and rebuild schools to the locals. When we destroyed things in a war because we, we fought insurgents or, um, this is before ISIS was created. Um, we fought insurgents, the enemies that were there trying to kill the other people that were local Iraqis. Whenever we destroyed parts of the city or whatnot, we would rebuild it. We would send in the CVs, which are the Navy engineers, or we would send the Army Corps of Engineers and they would rebuild that city. And they would build it stronger, teach them how to operate it. We would help educate them, teach them how to uh, learn math, arithmetic, everything. But the news would never show that. It started out showing that. But when they realized that nobody wanted to watch the military do good deeds, they stopped listening. They started tuning out. And then the media started changing. They started recording us, they, they changed the narrative of heroes going to Iraq to protect the country and liberate the, the oppressed. That's what we were there to do. That's what we were there to do. That's what boots on the ground, my eyes, that's what we did. I don't care what the government put us there to do. What we were actually doing on the ground, with my own eyes and my own hands, we were liberating people who were oppressed by dictators who would not let them think for themselves. My unit was responsible for the first ever elections, free elections, in Iraqi history since Saddam Hussein took power. We provided security and made it happen, but they were so oppressed for so long they kept killing each other because they didn't know free speech. They didn't understand free speech. They were doing the same thing that this country's starting to do, and that's censor anyone by any means if they speak out against what you believe. You have to listen to me, but I have no need to listen to you. It's like all those Karens you see out there. I'm going to say, I will be heard, I will be heard. No, 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 you listen to me. You stop talking. I want your manager. How in the world does anyone grow when they won't listen? All they do is talk. I have personally sat down and spoke with skinheads. Not to debate them. It was about understanding them. And there was so much of a growth period right there because I was willing to open my mind and say, I don't care what it is you believe, but I'd like to understand it. And they were like, okay, well, you know, this is what we believe. And this white supremacist skinhead, this person that um, that talked with me, um, I don't know if it's the same for every, and I wouldn't assume that it is, but what he said to me was... We're not against other races. We're just about improving our own race. We don't want, you know, we don't want our race to mix with anyone else. We want to improve our race and make our race stronger and purer. I was like, okay, there's nothing, there's nothing horrible about that. I mean, I get what you're trying to do, but the to you know the supremacy of your race by putting down other races. I, I disagree with that part and then you know we just had a dialogue it was we had our differences but the fact was is that he and i were able to like interact well with each other after that point you know we had our disagreements but the fact is is that we respected each other because we knew that both people had respect for the other person's views even if they disagreed with them just imagine what the world would be like right now if more people are willing to have a dialogue rather than a a debate or rather than you listen to me because i know everything and you're only 13 <laughs> I remember when I was 13 I knew everything then I became an adult realized I knew nothing but you know we have so many toxic people out there we got toxic media out there who would rather sell oh going back to the story when I was in Iraq they like the media started showing like they would film us get shot at and then when we returned fire to shoot at the enemy you know of course it's a passionate moment someone just shot at you someone tried to kill you so no one in the right mind is going to be like, oh, praise God, you know, man, they, I didn't get shot. You know what, brother? Bless you. No, we're going to be mad because you try to take me from my family. I'm going to try to put rounds down range. And I'm going to try to end your life. You tried to stop me from living. I'm going, to, I'm going to beat you to it. That's what we do in combat. That's what happens in war. So when the guys are out there cussing at their enemy and yelling at their enemy and saying some messed up stuff because it's not right people become a little racist out there because the enemy all looks the same it's easy to become prejudiced toward the enemy and then you start judging other people the same way who look like that because the enemy looks this way it's easy to stop trusting the other people that's what happened in pearl harbor once pearl harbor happened and the japanese attacked us all japanese and american soil even those in the military were harshly treated and it's not fair i understand why they did it but it's not fair and it's not cool it's just kind of one of the side effects of war. You got to protect the homeland first by immediately putting suspicion on anyone who looks like the enemy. Because the enemy all looks a certain way, it just kind of comes with the, with the, with the, the ballpark. It comes with the, the uniform, if you will. So what the news media was doing is they were actually showing our reaction rather than showing that we just got shot at. They would show how much, and they would highlight how much we enjoyed shooting the enemy. And then they would sell that story. So America was told, oh, they're bloodthirsty bullies who are destroying, look at the city, these are the ruins, these are the remains of a city that the United States Marines just destroyed as they went through and and cleared it. But they don't show that same city like a week later when we had rebuilt everything. They won't show fallen Marines and soldiers and airmen because their toxic desires of getting viewers rather than selling the truth it was more important. Views are more important to the news than telling the truth, which is why they wanna focus on the January 6th thing that happened rather than continue talking about, in comparison, how bad the, the George Floyd riots were. Rather than focus on, you because it costs millions of dollars for these hearings. Rather than use those millions of dollars to figure out ways to lower gas prices and, and increase the strength of our educational quality for our kids, Rather than make our kids stronger, smarter, and safer, they wanna talk about the occupation of the Capitol on January 6th and spend millions of dollars doing it. Priorities? They're toxic. These toxic priorities are destroying us. Look at the talking points. Look at the people in social media who are being censored versus the people on the other side who can say whatever they want without, without consequence. You can literally threaten people with the most racial slurs if you're on one side, because they want to support somebody else, and they look a certain way. But if you're on the other side and you say some some things that are racial, oh, you're getting you're getting deleted for sure. They're coming after you. I've seen the posts. I've seen lots of influencers who were, who showed it, and they showed what they said. And I'm like, there's no way that's racist, but they're they're, they're censored for it you are like, oh, that was racist, that was bullying, that was prejudice. I'm like, that's not bullying. A lot of these kids these days have no idea what bullying really is. Bullying, when I was growing up, actually had a physical attribute to it. It wasn't so much a mental attribute. It was getting stuck in a locker after getting your face punched by by somebody. Bullies were bullies until you stood up to them. And once you stood up to them, one of two things happened. You got beat up or you beat them up. And if you stood up for yourself every time, the bully stopped messing with you because you were no longer an easy target. These days, kids feel bullied because they didn't get enough likes on their picture or someone unfriended them. That's how weak our our kids are these days. That's how weak so many of us are because of toxicity. We've become toxic. We are so bent on, um, on being accepted by other people that we lose ourselves How is that helpful or healthy to you? If you're so focused on pleasing everybody else, I'm gonna tell you, you're never gonna succeed at that. There's no way that you can please everybody. But if you are willing to find your your true self and please yourself and be happy because you deserve to be happy, if you're willing to take that chance and take that freedom and do it, then, Other people start feeling at peace around you the the fake friends are going to fall off and fall away and the real friends are going to grow closer to you and people who don't like you that's their loss people who do like you that's your both that's both your gain. now there's lots of different parts of toxicity that i you know that are available but some of the things i want to talk about some of the things i want to focus on are toxic masculinity toxic femininity, toxic husbands, toxic wives, toxic mothers, toxic fathers, and toxic friends. Because there's lots of different ways to be toxic, but I want to focus on those. First, toxic masculinity. That's the man saying, everything I say, you do. I'm the man, you're the woman, you do as as you're told, or you need to cater to me, you need to uh, like when I want to have sex, we're having sex. When I want to do these things, I do these things. And if I cheat, it's your fault because you should have done everything I wanted you to do in the bedroom. Or you go make me something to eat when I come home from work. Or wash my laundry. How come the bed's not this? How come the house is not clean? That's toxic ma- toxic masculinity. When a woman gives you a suggestion and you're like, Nah, I'm cool. I'm gonna do it my way because you're not willing to listen there to because she's a woman. That's toxic masculinity. When a female officer walks up to you to execute the law and you would rather flirt with her or or treat her like she doesn't have authority over you because of the fact that she's a woman, that is toxic masculinity. Treating a woman like garbage, just just to make sure you can keep her, or treating her like she's disposable because you have a lot of money, that is toxic masculinity. Treating a woman as the lesser being, is toxic masculinity she is capable she might not be physically as strong as you you know scientific evidence has proven again and again that men and women are created differently our muscle tissues are different it is what it is but it doesn't mean that she's weaker she might not be physically as strong as you but you better believe she's mentally stronger because let's look at let's be honest guys let's let's be very honest with each other If men could have babies, we would shoot ourselves on the first contraction. We'd be like, nah, nah, mm, 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 get this out of me. Like, it's only been, it's only been two months. Or you got, you got some time to go. Like, no, I want the baby out now. <laughs> We'd be pushing for abortion and all kinds of stuff. Like, nah, get it out of me. This thing hurts. This thing sucks. Because when we get a headache, we're down for the count. That's just men. We, that's how we are. We hit our finger on a uh, with a hammer, we hammer a nail or something like that. and We get hurt. Yeah, it hurts, but we'll get right back up and we'll keep pushing. We cut ourselves, we'll put some tape on it and keep pushing. We uh, we injure ourselves, we'll keep pushing. Like that's just kind of what men do. But if we get a headache, ah, oh, we're down for the count. Referee can go ahead and start the ten count. And we're done. Meanwhile, women can be eight months pregnant, working a full-time job and going to go pick up the kids and not even complain. Women are more mentally strong than men are. It's just, it's a fact. You can disagree as much as you want, but it's a fact. Men have been hooked up on many occasions to those like contraction, cramp machines, and every one of them tap out and be like, nah, nah, this is crazy. Women be like, yeah, I have to deal with that for nine months straight. And men couldn't do it, but men can escape from it. That's the difference. They're like, yeah, I'm done, I'm done, stop. Mothers can't. Mothers can't kick those contractions until that baby's born. So without a woman's strength, men could never be as strong as we're capable of becoming. And without a man's physical strength, women could never reach their potential either. Because both complement each other. So being a toxic male, it destroys both you and her. Because neither of you deserves to be toxic to the other. Neither of you deserve a toxic partner. Be your best for you and treat her the way you would want your daughter to be treated by someone who deserves her. Toxic femininity is all those women out there who give a man crap for opening a door. You know, we don't open doors for for women because they can't. We're not doing that. We're doing it to show respect. We are acknowledging the presence of a lady. We're acknowledging you as a lady and opening the door for you. We're not doing it because you can't. We know clearly you can open the door. Even if you didn't have hands, we know you can open your own door. But we're doing it to show respect. That's it. Yeah, some guys might do it to try to sweep you off your feet and it might get annoying, but the fact is, is that it's a showing of respect. My fiance, she knows. I do, She, I already established early on, is like, I don't ever want to see you open your own door. It's not because you can't, it's because you shouldn't have to my hands are open and empty then you shouldn't have to open your own door it's my way of serving you it's my way of taking care of you and treating you like royalty and she she supports me in that even when we're di- we have a disagreement even when we're arguing she still has my back and she will still wait for me to open the door someone will weaponize that and be like no i'll open my own door why take that away you're still dating right you're still together you're still married you still love each other you just you're mad at each other don't lose sight of the fact that you love each other still you're still together it's the same thing when she wants to make me a plate she makes me a plate even if we're arguing or just dis- or having a disagreement the fact is that i will not refuse her service in making me a plate of dinner or food she makes me a meal i eat the food even if i'm mad at her i still eat the food because it- she sacrificed time to make me a meal and to show gratitude for that act i will consume the food that she made me that's just called showing respect to each other. <clears throat> All those women out there that are are putting down men and saying, well, you know what? I pay my own bills, I got my own place, I got my own car, I, I do this and this. I'm so sick and tired of that toxic femininity because real men do that too. It's called being an adult. There's nothing special about that. It means you're being an, a responsible adult. So quit bragging about it. Another very common form of toxic, uh, toxic femininity are all those women who are out there drilling a man's bank account for, uh, for alimony and child support when all that money is going to them, not the kids. Child support is not meant to take care of the mother. It's meant to take care of the children. That's why it's called child support. She should, if he's, she's a single mom, she should be trying to do something to make money as well. She should be contributing to the child's welfare as well. Not just being there on time, she needs to get a job and, and go take care, especially if that child's old enough. If That child is old enough to be, you know, to spend time at home by himself or herself, she should be out there getting some type of employment, legal employment so that she can also contribute to taking care of that kid. There are far too many toxic women who are living off the, the generous, um, court ordered, most likely, uh, child support and that money's going more toward the mother getting all this nice luxury stuff and going on all these trips and living the life rather than going to that kid and saying you know what it doesn't cost me five thousand dollars a month to uh to take care of my child it costs me about two thousand dollars a month so i'm put that other two thousand or that other three thousand dollars in the bank you know to uh build a college form for my kid they don't think like that they think oh you know i am taking care of my bills and stuff like that i'm gonna get me a brand new louis purse or I'm going to go out and I'm going to go on a vacation with my girls. We're going to go out. We're going to have a good time. That's, a, that's an abuse of child support that you're stealing from your kid. That is toxic femininity. Those women who want to point fingers and like put their finger in their man's face and, and just like eat them to hit her. I Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. That's toxic femininity there's so many ways for women to be toxic out there just like there are so many ways for men to be toxic but toxic masculinity and toxic femininity don't do anything but destroy yourselves and you know what happens when you're toxic mass uh, toxic toxic man or a toxic woman you end up alone because no good partner is going to want to be with you you're going to end up because you you know you get this woman out there i'm a boss i'm a boss yeah i take care of my stuff i'm a boss man women men pay me men pay me because i'm sexy i look good Men give me money i guess what you're so stupid to use that money to actually build a company because you rather just keep getting money from men at some point you're going to be the older model and then someone who's cuter and younger is going to come along And then they're going to go for them. And then you're going to realize that you aged so much with no skills, no work history. And you're going to realize that your good looks aren't going to get you anywhere else. So you're going to be this older woman who has kind of washed up and has nothing going for herself, trying to find out how to get a job and how to make ends meet, and how to continue to live the life you have been living for the last X amount of years. You're going to be alone. You're not going to have a partner. And you're gonna find out the lie behind I don't need no man you're gonna find out the truth behind that you're gonna realize man I don't need anybody but man do I want somebody to to have a life with man I really wish I had a partner who was there with me making this house a home because it's so quiet at some point you're gonna get tired of being out there messing around with all these different people whether you're male or female you're gonna want to settle down you're gonna want to have a partner and if you're not smart if you're not careful you're gonna you're gonna wait way too long and you're gonna destroy every opportunity of having that. So stop putting each other down. Stop talking about how much the other person doesn't need you. Because I've heard so many different toxic women out there say, oh well you know, uh men you know, men, uh, men marry, or we, we marry up as women, we marry up, we marry up. Yeah. I'm always looking for a man that makes good money that does this. They're so superficial with all these stupid lists of demands that they want a man to have, but the guys that they're attracting, the guys that have all those demands are the ones that don't want serious relationships. The guys who are not going to be dumb enough to, to, you know, to sleep with them and, and then, you know, marry them without a prenup. And they're gonna find out that guy's gonna cheat on him and leave him then they get screwed because there's a prenup but that they had the list that they wanted they're not looking at the true beauty of the man or the person they're looking at what he has to offer financially rather than how hard is he willing to work for you how attentive will he be to be there for you and show love to you is he an equal partner or a dictator is he lazy does he have other people like secretaries and stuff do stuff on his behalf rather than actually do it himself This is the world in which we're living right now. This is the world that we're creating with this toxic mentality. Also, those toxic people out there. Like, I have friends that are gay, openly gay, and I love them dearly. But, like, what's going on right now with people shoving homosexuality down everyone's throats? Every gay person I know does not like that. They don't support that. But it's all these virtue signalers and all these SJWs that are out there forcing that and if you say you know what I'm not a supporter of that lifestyle they're like oh you're homophobic you're a bigot you're this and that like um no that's not true at all it's just I disagree with the way the person's living doesn't mean I'm afraid of of their lifestyle it doesn't mean I hate them why can't you just have a a different opinion whatever happened to that phenomenon of having a different opinion, but still being neighbors. It's basically an endangered species. That phenomenon of having a different opinion, but still being an American, it's just, it's, it's erased. And it's so sad. I, I don't know what happened. I really wish that my country would be restored again to the beauty of free speech. Hey, Jason, welcome to the show.
1: It is there. Hey, it is there.
2: When it comes to advocating emotional quality, and people are always put the sensitivity button down on the ground for every step. That's their problem first, not yours. If you hold strong to a value that you can work with, whether it's modern, past, or, or systemic, that's your view, that's your policy. You don't have to waver. It's like I tell people, hey, I consider you, but I don't always accept you. My considerations go farther than my acceptance a lot of times. And that bothers people, and I'm okay with that. Because when I, I truly accept you, it's because I've taken the opportunity as an investment of having you as a, as a person of interest, whether friend, colleague, or love interest, it doesn't matter. We we get serious enough to, like, I don't place the blame on our country or how it's handled, but I do place the blame that what people complain about, how they portray themselves with complaints. Like, my number one policy, I treat every single person that I come across. Hospitality, I meet them there, and I leave them there and Absolutely. i don't allow myself to be coded so like when they ask you questions like like uh what's your orientation what's your pronoun man well no no i want to know more i'm a man or do you have religion none of your business what's your political affiliation none of your business and then they consider me an, to be an asshole. And I'm like, well, is it an asshole? Because you're not getting a need to categorize what you're going to accept and consider me. Or are you going to listen to what I say? Be impeccable with your word. So that yeah. you're not leverageable. You have to stand by that. You know, I fought, I fought for the right for you to choose, me to choose. You know what? I'm not a human. Never but I will stand my ground. Your freedom of speech, look, a here's something from a legal view. You have rights and liberties. Learn the difference between a right and a liberty. Mm. Just because you have the liberty to speak your mind, the right you speak may be tried. As you see now. Mm-hmm. So, you know,
0: that is a like, great point
2: anyone can portray you yeah anyone can portray you as a misogynist right hey thanks guess what I'm going to go all in on you your chaos here I'm a punisher the next time you think about me you're going to hurt more every time my name comes up you're going to be angry but I'm not going to be angry about you how do you want to proceed let the fool fall by the fool don't respond
0: and you that know what I've, I've noticed a lot, too, is like when you like, there's so many people that are fighting with feelings rather than logic. And when you use logic to debunk the argument that they have so often, they just get violent. And they get crazy and they just lose your mind and they start calling you all these names and try to shame you because they have no logic to defend their argument, their counter argument. It's 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 insane. It's so crazy because when I was growing up, I was under the impression that when you debated somebody or you had a a disagreement with somebody or difference of opinion, it was your logic versus their logic. And there will be logical uh, uh, references and arguments and points of fact and evidence to support your theory or your perspective or your argument. And then once the person proves their case, you're like, yeah, you essentially you've won this debate. But now you have people that are, as soon as you, you show logic and, and you start pointing out facts and facts and statistics and, and um, all this other evidence, then immediately they start calling you these names. Oh, you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you're, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. And it's like, whatever happened to us showing evidence and bringing evidence to the table? Well, all of a sudden, am I all this stuff just because you disagree with me? the standard has changed significantly well
2: there's a way to navigate to that look, look at your engagement when when somebody like if someone from the community whether I just had this happen a, a trans person had a problem with me personally go, like, oh, you're offended by trans people I didn't know you were trans until you told me
0: uh-huh.
2: they're all oh <laughs> and they're all, didn't you tell i do you know how many men I know talk to them have known to themselves that are straight, trans, gay? Do I have to code you or am I listening to you to what your issue is with me? See, your identity with your agenda is your problem, not mine. So having a debate, having a debate for a cause, for a purpose that serves you both, that's what makes you but just to defend yourself, no, I don't play with small minds and small words. I get paid three hundred dollars an hour for that shit.
0: Nice, nice. It's it's interesting so, too, cause like uh, it's when I was growing up, uh, all the the homosexuals that I know um, growing up, they just wanted to be seen as equals. You know, they just wanted to be accepted for who they are, and they didn't want to have to hide who they were. And I was like, you know, I understand that, you know, and I don't think anybody should hide who they really are, but now there's this really unspoken, like it's a taboo to even put these two words together. But I'm going to say it anyway: toxic homosexuality. There's it's like a su- there. yeah, there's a supremacy out there right now of like I want even more rights than you have. I'm like, I don't support. And they'll talk. They'll say again.
2: They'll talk. out anything recent, they'll put it out there offend them enough. Yeah. yeah because i will do that.
0: absolutely no, but
2: here, i want to clarify i want to clarify something the lgbt community is not problematic and it's not an enemy of to me mm-hmm. i don't care what you are sit at my table have some food have a drink of water all whatever but be balanced in your conversation yes find your manners yes it's
0: not. and that's I mean, that's what is that's what so many people are missing yeah it doesn't like for me right. it doesn't so matter who a person home, loves you, right? like, and i just i don't like i know none of my gay friends needed help becoming gay they knew who they were they knew they were gay from a young age they discovered it about themselves Yet we have so many teachers out there saying, Well, we're gonna we're gonna teach their kids, regardless of what you believe, whether your parents are Christian or not, we're gonna teach your kids that it's okay to be gay. I'm like, and that they should be gay, and that they they're not non that they're non-binary and all this other garbage. I'm like, look, none of my gay friends needed help being gay. What right do you have to come and teach our kids what you think is right and wrong? When we can't talk about God in schools, we're not allowed to talk about our beliefs. Like if if a Muslim, would like just being honest, if a Muslim were to get into a school and start talking about the Quran, you better believe that parents are gonna come down there. Parents that don't understand Islam, they're gonna come down there and they're gonna throw a fit about him talking him or her talking about the Quran. Yet it's okay right. for somebody to brainwash her children with this, this indoctrination of gender dysphoria. That has been a, you know, an actual illness in in, and people who are in the transgender community have the highest level of or excuse me, among the highest level of suicide rates, you know, and they're increasing our children's likelihood of being suicidal by giving them this indoctrination, which is not natural for who they want to be because they don't even know who they are yet. So
2: like we do uh, as a parent and a father of three girls, I can tell you like when it came to uh, education of any of my girls about orientation, I, this is one thing that I pay attention to. Before they do it, they send you a permission slip and they go over the criteria. And my daughter didn't good to go to the class, and I said I object to these points. The reason why they're educated on reproduction, it's because it's for sexual activity and diseases, identity is not part of that.
0: Your Absolutely, identity
2: is your own self-discovery and the thing is, is people make.
0: I lost you there, go ahead and come on back yeah, identity is a very different thing from the use of sex and it's just interesting hearing these teachers try to teach a kid who they are because if every kid, I've heard this on another argument before, if every kid were to be taken literally how many kids will be doctors, or Indians, or, or excuse me, Native Americans, for the political correct, or police officers, or, or firefighters, because when kids are young, I want to be a fireman, but they end up changing who they want to be, like, 15 20,000 times by the time they're an adult, so why, with something that is a career, you know, a career in their future, with them changing that so much around, why would they take, you know, uh, gender reversal surgeries, or or hormone um, altering drugs. Why would they give those to kids when they don't know who they are? I actually well, do know, gonna but talk, yeah. yeah. we're going to talk about. You
1: know, I, I don't
2: want it to be like about the genders. and the just education because if they want to teach identity, fine. Then you can also teach my kid about financial securities and literacy. Yes. If you're gonna teach, if you're gonna teach my kid how to, how to how they perform their sexual orientation or how they walk in the public then you're going to do me a favor and educate them on how to stay out of debt not because guess what that affects them yeah and special interest in programs I'm not I'm not I'm independent with no party affiliation but when the government decides to take every social issue as their agenda we've got a problem people have figure out their own stuff. Now I am also against bashing. I don't condone anyone who bashes anyone of any creed, sexual orientation, or religion.
0: Amen. I'm hundred percent there with that, you.
2: Yeah, anyone who does that, you, I guarantee you'll have me in your face. You <laughs> know, I don't believe in that crap. I, I just
0: don't. I've actually it's stood up for fashion. uh I've stood up for a devil worshiper. Um me, I'm a Christian and I, and I stood up for this guy who was, he was an open devil worshiper. You know, obviously I have very different views from, from him on his beliefs, but the fact was he was being ambushed by a lot of guys who called themselves Christians and were not being very Christ-like. Uh, they were ambushing him and telling him he was gonna to go to hell and all this other stuff like that. And, and I kind of stood in the way and said, hey, hold on for a second, he's not worshiping you. You don't have any right to tell him who's going to hell and who's not. You're not Jesus. And I stood up and and they're like, well, no, we need to sit there and and they, they believe their, their, their journey to be righteous, you know, in that instance. And I said, you don't have any right to condemn somebody else for what they believe. If you want to share with him what you believe and he wants to have that conversation, that's one thing, but the same rights that defend your freedom of religion defend his. And I, I stand up for those rights because just be, and that's the, that's the point. That's the point of this podcast and what I really want to get out there is two people can have very different opinions and that's okay but what is important most of all is that they show respect to the views of each other at the end of the day they continue to be americans or citizens of the world right i agree with you And not all opinions are need to be stated yeah
2: you know like i don't need to speak up on everything i don't need to tell people how they need to be I don't need to tell people that whether they're wrong or right in their thinking. I don't get paid enough for that. (laughs) Sorry. But it's when when people argue, you know, rights, liberties, wrongs, personal perception, social acceptance, guess what? You're meddling with, with dangerous things. You're meddling with people who are unsound. You know, uh, you, you know, discernment is a powerful thing. That's why I, and Stoicism, on my podcast, I talk about emotional content. I use Stoicism as a teaching tool to how to navigate no matter what your situation is. And people feel that they want to come up and argue because I'm a philosopher. And I'm like, oh, go ahead, man. You can argue. I talk. Yeah. I won't object, you know, and, and they find problems with so when it comes to what we express I don't always have to listen I go about my merry way you know and I take and when people have those emotional landmines around them, I know who to say you know what sorry you don't qualify for my attention I'm not listening that's the beautiful thing that's your 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 greatest power that you have is your choice you're
0: silent. Wow, I always love having you on, Jason. I really appreciate your input, man. That was that was great. Because it's so important that we realize that we do have control over you know what you know what we listen to, what we entertain. People get really irritated these days and go, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe like so many people on the view like they get pissed off. And all these influencers, like, did you? Can you believe Whoopi Goldberg said this? Do you believe Whoopi Goldberg said this? Oh my gosh, I can't believe she said this. Why are you still listening to it? <laughs> Why don't you just change the channel? It's crazy. People forget that you actually can change a channel. You actually don't have to listen to something, you have that option. And There's nothing wrong with changing the channel. You won't get offended by every five seconds if you control what you watch, rather than be a slave to what other people want to tell you. Welcome, Antonio. Hello, Antonio? Are you there? I cannot hear you if you're talking. I'm not able to hear you. I know you're there, but I can't hear you. I think he's having some technical difficulties on coming in i don't know if you're able to try to rejoin um <clears throat> but yeah there's so many people out there that are just they get pissed off they, they wake up looking for ways to get mad they wake up looking for ways to get pissed off and like me personally as i always say you know uh, i'm a black guy i say that because People go, why are you making that joke? Why would you say that? But like, I think racism is stupid. That's why I make so many jokes about it. I think it's dumb. So it's a joke to me, so I make fun of it. But of course, I'm not deliberately going out of my way, you know, to make people, or to offend people. It is never my intention to go out of my way to offend people. It is my intention to ease tension, to ease pain, so that people aren't walking on eggshells around me. Because I, as a veteran, I truly understand what free speech is. And that's what i'm trying to reiterate to people is that free speech doesn't always have to be something with which you disagree but it's something you have to allow and something you have to respect but you don't have to be around for it like if you're offended by someone saying something you do have the power to walk away you don't have to sit there and, and let them talk disrespectfully to you i hear you antonio welcome back brother
1: hey thanks man appreciate it yeah i don't know what was going on hey i i've uh, was listening to Talk before Jason come on. I heard Jason go. And I just want to reiterate exactly what you're saying the power of the Some So many people feel entitled, they own the right. I talk about this in my book it's coming out next month. It's called Business in America. We, as people, feel like we're owed something when we put time or effort into something. It's the ROI mentality, right? Like, so basically, if I put time and effort into you, then I deserve a returner. I have that, I'm owed This is the mentality that we're really... And I'm I'm like, and I say that because I felt that way after my wife had left me after 23 years. Hmm. And then... I just, like how do you walk away after being investigated and poured into 22 years um and it really just it was something that i had to come to the resolution of. so i wrote my book and the aspect of how does that do what is that mean? right like, and i think for so many today in america we're finding out like yeah it happened people have the right to just walk away like it wasn't meant to be when i looked back kept my life man honestly there were so many red right flags that i just overcame and just kind of went with the flow to accommodate her does that make sense you know yes I mean? it does and so like now like being i'll be all the way honest i'm to I'm 70 pounds lighter. I started doing a lot better, putting myself first and becoming better mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, the whole nine, right? Like, I know what's going on. I know I'm not all the way where I want to be, but I'm in Boston, you know? So, like, if somebody's going to come at me, they got to meet me, right? They got to, she's got to be able to put out that energy. She's got to be able to. Be in it for me to decide to. Does that make sense, to say Like, I swear before, in my book, I wrote, I feel like in America, too many husbands are docile. Too many men are docile. They just go get with a wife because they want to be married or they want to. And they tolerate, they don't necessarily become everything that they're supposed to become.
0: Yeah. I actually I have actually had a conversation with uh, somebody about that and this woman she had actually educated me so much on that that concept. A lot of us would think a lot of a lot of men would automatically assume that just because we're the males in the relationship that we're the man of the household. That's not true. No. The position of man of the house which does not mean dictator but it means that you are the protector you are the provider if you know the circumstances allow for that if you are the security the the, the strength and security because let's be honest in a in a male female relationship if, if there's a crazy sound that happens at night in the middle of the night someone hears a window breaking the wife is going to wake up and she's going to nudge her husband or kick her husband or throw something at her husband and say hey i heard something and the husband knows what time it is You know, he knows it's time to go down there and find out what's going on, you know, whether he's got a fly swatter or a baseball bat or shotgun or whatever the case he he may have, he has something going down there in the darkness to find out to protect his family. But that is something that is earned. And that is something that has to be earned in the eyes of their spouse. Just because you got, you know, just because a man has male genitalia doesn't make him the man of the household. He has to show by demonstrating actions that he's gonna have his wife's back, his family's back he's going to protect them even if it means the risk of his own life. You know, and a lot of guys assume that that's that sense of entitlement that I've talked about or I've talked about in previous podcasts is that we think we we easily get entitled like so many women out there in a relationship and automatically think that because they are the wife that they're entitled to get their their husband paying for them to get their nails done every every week or get their hair done every week or whatever the case may be. The only entitlement you have oh. is fidelity to each other and trust with yeah. each other. You're entitled to that trust, to that fidelity, to that teamwork, to that co, that cooperation. But you're not entitled to these extra benefits. That's those are privileges that are yeah. you know received by the other person initiating or you know requesting. That's what team selflessness and um, and sacrifice and service are all about.
1: I agree, man. Um, One of the biggest things that I did out of this love, man, was the provision. Your Your microphone
0: sounds a little muffled. It's It's kind of hard to understand you a little bit. Sorry, Norris.
1: One of One of the biggest things that I was doing towards the end, I was working three jobs, fighting for my family, a lifestyle that was well above. Right, so what I see is that, and I'm not going yes, I could have probably just been one, day, but at the same time, I look back to the fact that men have to keep providing. I mean, if we go back to the cave a bit, would be gone for days at time to go find the home to bring back the care to bring back the provision for the family, right? Like, and I think we've kind of lost that mentality of provision for the family. And he's, for some like, somebody's changed the dynamic. Your,
0: your micro, I apologize. Your microphone, once again, it's uh it's getting muffled. It's kind of hard to understand you. But he was, uh he, he just left so he can rejoin again. Um <clears throat> He was just talking about how... Back in the caveman days, you know, the man is supposed to provide. Now I know that there are, there are certain situations, you know, especially with I know there's a number of veterans out there who are unable to work, so the wife has been the one that's picked up the, the um, the baton and she's, you know, working. She's a provider. Um, traditionally, yeah, the man would be the one to provide, but I believe that every circumstance is different, and I believe that, you know, there's just some places like Los Angeles is very expensive, so it's not uncommon for both man or husband and wife to work, you know, it it will be ideal. Like I've told this to my fiance, I would love to make enough money for her to be able to stay home as her choice. It it needs to be her choice. Um, Excuse me, not to keep her in the house, but when we have kids, kids are going to need specific attention and, you know, they're going to need certain lessons. they are going to need certain attentions that only a mother can give them. Just mothers have this intuition of knowing what someone needs and and being that and being there for them. Men don't have the intuition. The way men think, like in a situation in a whole team, men often don't consider the entire team. They consider their role in the team. Like my role in the team is this. I need to make sure that my team has this by my point in it. Women tend to think that the team as a whole needs this. Women tend to think about the us, why men tend to think about my role in this. Men think differently than women. So that's one of the reasons why women being in the home actually has this this result of raising, or is more likely to have a result of raising a well-rounded, well-balanced child who has a strong mind. But the situation that we often find is, that both male and female are working while they have children and then their children are being raised by someone else, by a nursery or someone else. I get when that's necessary, okay, but if it can be avoided, it's healthy for the child to have the mother there, to tutor the child, to help the child understand things better, to give it the attention, time, and counseling that that child needs. You know, that's not not available when both parents are working all the time. It's minimized. Because you're going to miss so much that actually occurs when you're not there. So, but if the situation requires that both parents work, it is what it is. It's not wrong. It just is your circumstance. If the situation, you know, requires that the father stay home, it is what it is. It's not wrong. It's just a circumstance. But the ideal is that women being able to be home with their children, there's just a, a better... There's a better result than both parents working when the child is concerned. And I think it's just so important for people to remember that. And, you know, we were talking about toxic masculinity. It's also toxic for a man to demand that a woman stay home. That's not okay. That's not your right to do that. That's a sacrifice she has to willingly give up because ultimately at the end of the day if if the woman was very talented was a lawyer and she had all this great talent and stuff going for her and she was she had to give it up because her husband told her to she's going to resent your husband she's going to resent her husband for sure but if she chooses and you have a talk and say honey i think it's so important if you really want to have children i think it's important for you to be home to to raise them i make enough money for us to live our life comfortably and You know, we don't really need anything extra. You know, I I get that we would have more money if you work. But if you want to have children and children are our focus of, you know, raising the children effectively, I think that it would probably be best if you stay home while I work. And, you know, when they're old enough, then we can you can go ahead and get back into work if you want it. That's your choice. I would like that, but I'm not going to demand it of you. And then it will be her choice, because if it's if it's sacrifice, it has to be the choice of the person who's going to make that sacrifice. It's not fair for you to demand that she stay home. That's not your choice. You don't have the right to demand that your spouse stay home. And it's also important to remember that you and your wife are not your marriage. A lot of people lose their identities in their marriage. They lose who they are because they become the marriage. But you got to remember that the marriage is a union a union between you two both of you together are the marriage but you're still you and she's still her it's important that you don't lose your identity in the marriage because the the marriage is a complement of both of you working together i've talked about toxic masculinity i've talked about toxic femininity and i've also touched a little bit on toxic husbands you know demanding everything and and feeling entitled to all this other stuff and being lazy and being super machismo you know they go out there and they have parties with the boys and they drink and drink and drink and they put their buddies there first and you know they treat their woman like a piece of meat and they when they want to have sex that's it they're gonna have sex no matter what you know I've talked about those things and toxic mothers like for for those women out there who if you're if your man is down and you kick him when he's down, that's horrible. A Man loses his job and he's having a hard time, but he's been providing. He's a good worker. And you're out there and he's trying to get a new job. You have no right to, to down talk him to teach, like to speak to him like he's an idiot. He's worthless. He's a failure. He's already beating himself up. Now, if you don't do this, don't get offended because I'm not talking to you. If you are offended, it's probably because you do do this. And I am talking to you. But if a man's a good, he's a good supporter, he's a, he's a good partner, he's a good contributor, but he's having a hard time, he needs you to be strong for him because he's weak. His dignity is hurt. And a, the, a man's dignity is a, the most precious thing that we have in ourselves. How we look at ourselves as men. Not being able to provide for our family is a big hit to our dignity. And it's not about pride. It's about the confidence knowing I can take care of my family. So if a man loses his job because he's laid off or something outside of his control, it's not fair for, for the toxic mother to come in there and say, you're worthless, man. You can't even provide if you don't even have a job. What kind of man are you? It's also worthless and it's also toxic for a woman to nag. Now, I'm not talking about complaining. Complaining is not nagging. Ongoing, continually, nonstop, nitpicking, complaining is nagging. How come you didn't take out the trash today? Like I just walked in the house. Can, can I just relax for a second? Oh, how come the, the dishes aren't clean? Babe, we just finished eating. Give me a second so I can like let my food digest and I'll go wash the dishes for you. Oh, how come you haven't taken me out this week? Babe, I don't get paid this week. I get paid next week. You know, I, I my friend went out with her friend and they went to a hotel. I didn't get to go to a hotel. Like, if every, five, every, every five seconds you're, you're arguing, you're complaining about something that's nagging. And then you will find the result is that you will have a husband who doesn't want to come home. And then, of course, that type of woman is going to be like, oh, your daddy never wants to be here with you guys because he doesn't like you. She's going to obviously make it about them. She, it's never about her. Those who nag, they're not, they don't point fingers at themselves. The blame is always external. So if you nag your partner, and this goes both ways, if you're a husband or, or a wife, both people can nag. Like, oh my gosh, you, you tell your wife, like, oh my gosh, like, I would love to have, can I just have a meal when I come home? And oh, the dishes aren't done. Like it can go either way, whether you're male or female, you can nag. And it's really easy to nag by complaining about everything that bothers you. But some things just let go, they're not that big of a deal. Like if they're, if, like if you got uh, if your partner puts their shoes on the bed, yeah, that irritates me too. But it takes a second for me to grab the shoes and move them off the bed. Yeah, you get tired of them, but the fact is is that it's not worth an argument. Just take the shoes off and move them off. Now, if if there's something big like your partner leaves leaves dead fish in a plate and just leaves it in the refrigerator and everything smells like fish, after a couple of weeks or a couple of days yeah that's something to talk about that's a big deal or if they take the kid you know to the store and they don't put your child in the the car seat like they're supposed to because they're just going to ride around the corner that's a big deal so it's important to let some things go don't nitpick every little thing because your partner has just as much of a right to find peace in your home as you do it's not fair and it's not okay for you to find peace and not your partner As a woman, you're not always right. As a husband or a male, you're not always right. When you're right, you're right. When you're wrong, you're wrong. A woman has just as much of a voice as a man does in that relationship. And both need to be heard, both need to be valued, and both need to be respected. One person is not more important than the other. Each person has a role in the family unit. One is not more important than the other. They're equally as important. For those people who are Christians who believe man is the is is head of the household because the Bible says it, they need to understand that scripture means that man is the number one servant, just like Jesus served all his apostles and all his members of the church. He served them. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. That's how man is the head of the household. You serve your wife, rub her feet, make dinner for her as well. Make her a bubble bath. Especially if she's been raising your kids at home all day. she's sacrificing, you better show her that you appreciate that she's sacrificing to raise your humans. The people you help make. Because if it weren't for her being that sacrificing, you wouldn't even know what's going on with your own child. Because we as men just don't think that way. No matter how hard we try, we think about our role in the situation. We don't really think about other people often like that. It's just not natural to how we work. How many times have, for those who have fathers, how many times has dad come in there and talked to us? I'm talking about those who had active fathers, not the ones who had deadbeat dads. And one of the reasons they came and talked to us was most likely because your mom told them, hey, um, I think you need to go talk to so-and-so. They're kind of having a hard time. Or they really need some, some time with you. They notice those things. Because a father is most likely focused on paying bills and providing and and you know making sure he can take care of his family. He's thinking about those things and unwinding for the night. But mom's aware of some things that she just ha- doesn't have the ability to do. And it's important for you to recognize that the woman is sacred. She's not lesser, she's sacred. And she should be treated as such. Not like a goddess. I'm not saying don't bow down to her and let her dictate your household. But I'm saying that you should show her that respect. Because the way your children are raised largely depends on how you treat her. If she feels safe, feels at peace, and feels loved, your children are more likely going to feel the same. She's a reflection of your love for her. Just as you can be a reflection of her love for you. If you're both focused on helping each other, you won't be toxic. You wanna help each other, you wanna treat each other with respect and love, then you'll have a house full of peace. And finally, toxic friends. It's so important. If you just got your heart broken by your ex, you're single, I know it sucks. I know that feeling. But it doesn't give you the right to start making your friends who are in happy relationships feel bad. Don't start asking them to come out with you by themselves because you're going to cause a rift between them and their partner. It's okay to be that third will. It's okay. You need time to heal because even though you don't have somebody with you, you know what? You have both of them. You have two people there for you. And they're more likely to welcome you because they know that you're going through something and they want to be there for you. Don't be toxic to them by sitting there and saying, I just want to be with Stacy tonight or I just want to be with John tonight. You know, just just a guy's night or just a girl's night. That happens sometimes, but don't make it a common thing. Because remember, they still have a spouse they need to spend time with. And it will be nice for that spouse to come out. That way they're not thinking, how come you want to go out by yourself all of a sudden? You never used to do that. You don't want that kind of thought process coming in their mind. And also don't try to put all these suspicions that you've had in your life on them as well. If her husband is coming late all of a sudden, you know, don't be one of those girls that are like, oh, he's probably cheating on you. Ask them questions for more clarity because it's probably not that. It might be, but it doesn't mean it is. Maybe the reason he's coming home late now is because of the fact that the the factory or the, the company is actually increased hours because they're doing more they need they have fewer people but they require more work so he has to come back uh, later or maybe he's not allowed to answer the phone at work anymore because of a new policy it's not because he's cheating with somebody it's just he's not allowed to have his phone you know sometimes things are different and it's important to ask questions and not jump to conclusions just because similar things happen to you in the past you don't want to you don't want to share detrimental news with a friend as your first go-to. Like, oh, you know, he didn't buy me any... Or he didn't even say happy birthday to me this morning. And it's still her birthday. He didn't say happy birthday to me this morning. <gasps> Girl, he's cheating on you. Don't go straight to the extreme. Like, oh, well, your birthday's not done yet. Just give him some time. Maybe he's got something planned. I don't know. Just kind of relax. Don't don't jump to any conclusion. Because he's never forgotten it before, right? Yeah? All right, well, let's see. Let's see what happens. Just Just be patient. Don't be toxic to them. Don't put ideas in their head. Girl, you don't need that, man. You deserve better. If she's stable in a stable relationship, and and I know I'm saying this about women, but like the fact is it goes both ways. Because I I, I, I would not, like, if I had a dude I call a friend, because I'm careful about who I call friends, but if I had a guy that I call a friend, and I was like, and, I, and you know, with my current fiance, and I was like, I'm so tired of her. I'm tired of her doing this and this and this. Man, I just, I want to leave her, bro. I'm so tired. I'm just, I'm pissed off, bro. Like, oh, I can't stand it right now. If I had a dude come up to me and tell me, screw her, man, let's go get some girls. Let's go out and put, you know, best way to get over one girl is to get another. If I had a dude tell me that, I would never talk to him again. That's not a friend. I don't deal with that toxicity. I don't deal with that nonsense. I'm not, I don't mess around or like associate with yes men. I associate with people who are friendly enough tell me to get my head out of my own butt if it's there those are the people that are going to help you reach your potential people who aren't afraid to tell you the truth not people who tell you what you want to hear because if i told that to any of my real friends like dude i'm so tired of my girl i'm, I'm tired of her being the way she is you know what i'm just gonna go out and i'm gonna i'm gonna meet someone i'm gonna go out and mess with some girls i'm just gonna get laid tonight each one of them would tell me are you stupid i'm like what are you talking about did you have an incredible woman?" Look, if you don't wanna be with her, that's fine, but you need to go over there. You you owe it to her to tell her you don't wanna be with her anymore. And you end the relationship respectfully, not through text. You tell her face-to-face that you don't want this relationship anymore, and then you go out and do that. Don't you dare do that. You're, that's beneath who you are. You are better than that. Every one of my friends would tell me that. That's why they're my friends. So it's important that just because your heart's broken, doesn't mean you get to break your friend's heart. Doesn't mean you get to punish your friends for being happy. Just because your marriage didn't work out, doesn't mean you get to destroy the marriage of your friends. Be there for them. Be happy when they succeed. If you've been working in a company that you hate, and you're tired, you've been overlooked and mistreated, but your friend has a great career, don't get jealous and get mad at your friend. Your friend is succeeding, be happy for them. Don't backstab them when there's opportunities that keep coming, because just because God's blessing someone else doesn't mean that he's taking away from you. It's so important that you don't destroy friendships just because you're going through it, because sometimes you don't get those opportunities again. Real friends are very rare. And if we're not careful, you can destroy even the best of friends and the greatest of friendships. I know this episode is a lot longer than I normally uh, do episodes, but it's just so important for us to remember that no one is immune from being toxic. If we're not careful, you could be that toxic masked man or toxic woman, or toxic husband or wife or a toxic friend. You could become toxic if you're not careful. Let some things go. It's important to respect the views of other people, even if you completely detest them. It is okay to have different perspectives. It's okay to make mistakes. And it's okay for other people to get the reward that you want so badly. You are ultimately in control over the peace you feel every day. If you live a life that invites peace, your life will be full of it. If you live a life that invites BS, your life will be full of it. If your spouse knows that you love them because your actions speak it, the likelihood of you receiving that same love, if not more in return, is very high. In addition, If your spouse feels safe with you, your relationship will become strong. To all my brothers out there, I know sometimes women come in there and they want to talk and it's just irritating because we feel they want to talk about some stupid stuff. The fact is that they're trying to reach out to you. Treasure that. They're trying to reach out to you. They're trying to have a conversation with you. They're trying to bond with you. Don't take that for granted because when they stop talking and they stop opening up, you're going to be like, crap, what's wrong? What's going on? And then they're not going to talk anymore to us because we destroyed that. Don't do it. And if a woman opens up about how she feels, don't villainize her for her feelings. Only hold her accountable for what she does with those feelings. But she needs to always feel safe enough to open up and talk about how she feels. And it goes the same way to you too, ladies. If a man opens up to you, don't villainize him for how he feels. Be there for him. He has just as much of a right to feel safe as you do. And emotional security is one of the most important types. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I'm so grateful for every second you guys spent, And I'm grateful for the feedback from both my guests today. Have a great time. Have a great evening. And thank you for spending time with me on Real Talk with RJ, signing out.